So I'm losing my mind. Things I was not prepared for include the plague. Well, buddy, I'm probably going to kill you. Welcome to Things I Got Wrong, your general trivia podcast with a healthy dose of internet and media things. I'm Ryan Bott. I'm Rachel Miller. I'm Stuart Hopkins. The world Remember? is not the same as it was last time. So no. I was ready for crazy things in 2020. I just kind of imagined that everything would hit the fan yeah. once 2020 came. Things I was not prepared for include the plague. So I was watching a, uh, a, a comedian named Joe Maschi, who is, if you can... Imagine a real life uh, Morty from Rick and Morty. Nervousness oh and trepidation in all. He has a bit where he's like, I have a friend who uh, talks about buying uh, everything for Doomsday and, and uh, has a bunker. And he asked me, he said, uh, Joe, what is your plan if uh, the world ends? And he said, well, buddy, I'm probably going to kill you. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this got dark fast. What's everyone else doing during this apocalypse? (laughs) So in the last week, how many seconds and or minutes have you been outside? Outside as in like public or like outside as in just like not in the house? Mm, Well, you have the luxury of a house. Oh, I guess it's true. Yeah, you guys are (laughs) in the city. So you can't like you literally cannot. Yeah, well, see. I mean, it. Gosh, it is crazy, and obviously, there's a far bigger conversation about how intense everything is and how legitimately dangerous everything is. But uh, yeah, it is. I got lucky that before everything went crazy, I started buying some more art stuff. So I've had a oh, bunch cool. of markers and stuff to draw on, and so it's been. Uh, we got kind of lucky in the way we we inevitably timed things before everything got crazy. So I'm losing my mind. Because I spend probably eight to 10 hours of my day. Actually, no, probably 10 to 14 hours of every day out of the house. If I'm at work, I'm out from like seven to seven. If I'm at school, seven to nine, 10. And so like, I'm not used to spending this much time at home. And I'm getting antsy. Ryan, I'm going to lose my mind and you're stuck here with me. (laughs) Oh boy. <laughs> we call this the Stockholm syndrome episode. <laughs> All right. Well, what we do call this is the very 41st ever episode of Things Got Wrong. We have four rounds of wonderful questions for these three to try to earn points and vie for all the sanity in the world. All right. So uh, if you're all ready, we will start as always with a general trivia. Question number one. Uh, Each answer will be worth two points. Uh, Call out when you know it. Which two major Peanuts characters are siblings, both of which have the first name, name, starting... Yes. Even amidst me barely spitting it out. Which two major Peanuts characters are siblings, both of which have a first name starting with the same letter? Didn't it come out like the early 60s for the first time? (laughs) Yeah. So there was like a Maybe nuclear 50s? war issue yeah. problem yeah. going no. on. Yeah, it was. Well, it was derived from what four panel cartoons. So I'm sure the plot devices took a little while to build up. Yeah. Is this, okay. Side trivia. Does anybody know what kind of dog Snoopy is? He's a beagle. He's a beagle. Right. But it's not what a beagle looks like. What is this thing? What is going on? I mean, it could have <laughs> been. They look like, like those little corn chip hats you put on your fingers, right? Those are a bugles. bugle. Those are bugles. 
Question number two. We talk a lot about William Henry Harrison being the short-lived president despite dying at age 68. Which U.S. president died at the youngest age? Yes, that was JFK. Oh, man. Uh, a bonus. Only bonus of the game. Uh, who was the youngest president to die of natural causes, doing so at age 53 in his Tennessee home as a result of cholera? Uh, yeah, died at age 53 of natural causes. Uh, JFK was 48, 7, 6, Five, was, I think he was elected at 45. That would be in 1961. So that would put him at around, I think, 47. Something like that. I don't know. In Dallas, nonetheless. Oh, what a terrible uh, place. <laughs> Not the people, no, no just the city. No offense to the people of Dallas. <laughs> yes, just the traffic and the horrible way to navigate the highways that made us mi- miss our exit. And I'm still frustrated <laughs> about that. All right. Oh, not- right. Uh, question number three. While you might have a lot of it, so does the state of Maine, considering this bitter elixir is their official state drink and one of the oldest continuously produced soft drinks. What is it? Moxie. You got a lot of Moxie, kid. I've never heard of it. Yeah, I've never even heard of that. A very old drink. I think it's sort of like a taste awful. Almost like a bitter ginger ale or something. I'm not totally sure. That sounds terrible. You got a lot of moxie, kid. All right. Question number four. Based on NPD reports of video game sales from the last 10 years, seven of the last of seven of the 10 best selling titles of the decade are from what video game franchise? Mario. That was really close. I heard Stu stumble first. I think your names came in equally. So I'm going to give it to Stu. So it's a character franchise, right? Seven of the ten best-selling titles of the decade are from what video game franchise? Uh, Mario. Not Mario. Ooh. <laughs> Rachel, do you have a guess? Pokemon. <laughs> Not Pokemon. Based on NPD reports of video game sales from the last ten years, seven of the ten best-selling titles of the decade are from what video game franchise? I only have... Can I guess? Yeah. Go. Yeah, Legend of Zelda. No, not Grand Theft Auto. Stu? Stu. Halo? No. So you need to think, so last 10 years, so seven of the 10. Uh, so we're looking at yearly iterations or nearly yearly like iterations. Call of Duty? Uh, that's what yeah, I was thinking. Like, been, Oh. That's what I've been Call of thinking. Duty. GTA Five is the number one best-selling game of the decade, uh, but... The, uh, the only GTA of the decade, Call of Duty, is pretty much a yearly franchise. And of the last 10 years, they have 10 titles in the top 20. The wow. Call of Duty was number 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 8, 9, 11, 12, and 15 of the 20, top 20 best-selling games of the decade. Get you some Call of Duty. Or not. I don't know. All right, question number five. That's us doing our duty. Come on. <laughs> in 1999, Nick Swinmer went shopping for shoes and was so unsuccessful, he started what company with a Spanish-ish sounding name? Zappos, the shoe company. Uh, Nick Swinmer, <sighs> and then later on, Tony Shea. Question number six. Last question of the round. In 1911, rolled... Amundsen 
was the first person to reach a similar but vastly different location than the one that Robert E. Perry reached two years earlier Rachel? in 1900. Rachel. Oh, I, um, the South Pole. Reached uh, two years earlier in 1909. What are these two destinations? Well, the South Pole and the North Pole. Yes, I give that to you. Nice. Uh, Roald Amundsen, Amundsen uh, reached the South Pole in 1911, two years after Robert E. Perry reached the North Pole for the first time in 1909. Fun fact, did you know that dogs are not allowed in Antarctica? Yes. For fear of spreading disease, uh, specifically, I think, oh, to the geez. seals. Do you think seals can get COVID? Dogs can't. Kind of like how you like cats can't um, like for like venoms and like different snakes there um, and, and spiders as well. They're kind of made for their environment. Like something I was listening to today said one of the big, um, very poisonous spiders. And I think it's Australia um, doesn't really affect cats, huh. but it can kill like a small child in minutes. Whoa. So, but like, because it's like, they're like, they attack like neuroreceptors, but that cats are different. So they weren't formulated for that. Um, I'm trying to like, it's one of like the funnel spiders, I think. But, um, huh. so interesting facts I learned today. Crazy. All right. Round number two is a themed round. And this episode, the theme is Jeopardy practice test. Since we all know, or I hope you know, that you can now take the online test to try to qualify to be on Jeopardy at any time, uh, I figured it would be fun to run through a few of the practice questions that I took and see how the rest of the team fares. You are aware that there's someone on this tri in this trivia group that's a massive Jeopardy fan? <laughs> but uh, we've watched Jeopardy. Uh, Once. Saw Olive Goat. We've seen, we've I've seen, seen part of goat. You've seen all of goat. Uh, so I will give you the topic as well as the question. Uh, these are very short questions. These are literally Jeopardy questions. Uh, I do not care if you answer in the form of a question or not, uh, but you're welcome to if you wish. All right. Question number one is zoology. This large flightless South American bird can weigh over 50 pounds. <laughs> well, mine was an emu. Uh, what is an ostrich? <laughs> Not an ostrich. Rachel. 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 What is a flamingo? Not a flamingo. This South American bird can weigh over 50 pounds. Rachel. Rachel. What is a penguin? Not a penguin. Those emperor penguins are big. I just don't know where they come from. <laughs> Any other guesses? Stew? Stew. Is it a is it a kiwi? Not a kiwi. Okay. This is a little bit hard. This is a Rhea. R-H-E-A. I'm looking it up because I, I looked up Rhea and I just got a Greek mythology. Yeah, I I just Googled it too, just oh, to see yeah. a picture of it. They're sort yeah. of emu-ish looking things, but they They're have very... like craned S necks. Yeah. Uh, no points there. Question number two. This is the category of bestsellers. In two weeks, Paulo Coelho wrote this mega bestseller about a shepherd boy and his dream. Two weeks, Paulo Coelho wrote a mega bestseller about a shepherd boy and his dream. I remember we've once had a question about this and nobody else knew the book, so... I know it. It's there. I recognize the author. I can't pick out the book. 
Um, Rachel. Rachel. Ready Player One. This is not Ready Player One. Shepherd Boy. That would Shepherd. be Ernest Klein. No guesses? Nothing. This would be The Alchemist. I was going to say. That's what it was. <laughs> uh, it's probably a book that, uh, it's a nice children's story. I, I imagine it's people look down on it because I think Paula Coelho has started to uh, attract a kind of a bad reputation over the years. But uh, kind of a classic, The Alchemist by Paula Coelho. Mega bestseller. So no, no points there. Question number three. The category is inventors. In the 1850s, he developed the safety elevator. 1860s? 1850s. 1850s. He developed the safety elevator. There is one name when it comes to elevators. It is Otis. If you have ever entered an elevator, I would almost guarantee you have seen that name, the name Otis, in the bottom of the elevator. I don't, I don't look for it. <laughs> <laughs> once you're told once. Question number four, legal terms. This two-word <laughs> two type of lawsuit involves an individual suing on behalf of a larger group. Question number five. This is the category of physics. In Einstein's famous equation about energy, E equals MC squared, what does this see? Question number six. Last question of the, of the round. Colleges and universities is the category. Located in Rhode Island, it's alphabetically first among Ivy League schools. Rachel. Rachel. Brown. Yes. This is Brown University. <laughs> All right. Uh, that is the end of the half. Or Rachel with four. Stu just holding down the fort. Big old goose egg. You have got this social distancing thing down. I'm just really, I'm really good at it. I can go the distance. It's fine. <laughs> He's going for distance. <laughs> I figured I would bring back uh, some of the very first rounds we ever did. So this is a round called Silly Nanims. Certainly needs a different title, but <laughs> <laughs> this is where I will take a title. In this case, uh, all of these are movies, and I will give you a fun synonym-esque uh, anecdote. Uh, as if, for example, one from the other game, from the I think the first game we ever recorded that went out. Uh, if I said, this menacing darkness holding a green card... Oh. you would directly take the synonym of Resident Evil. Menacing Darkness, holding a green card. Resident. Yep. Yeah. Menacing Darkness, Evil. Uh, I w if I can give you one hint, like I said, these are all movies. Uh, and like how a lot of questions, the language will try to steer you to an answer. On these, you really just need to take the direct synonym approach. Find the direct parallel synonym uh, to the words, and it will help you find where you need to go. So, question number one. All the colors of the wind. Ready, set, begin. Rachel? No, wait, no, Rachel. no, 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 no. I'll give you guys, I'll give you guys extra, uh, extra guesses if you need, but all the colors of the wind. Ready, set, begin. 
I legally, because this isn't the Jeopardy round, I legally can't play the Jeopardy theme. <laughs> do, do, do. Rachel? Rachel. Rain- Rainbow Go? Not Rainbow Go. Stew? Stew. Rainbow Road? No, not Rainbow Road. These are all movies. Oh, these are movies. Okay. Um, Next episode, I'll do Mario Kart tracks. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Think of colors. The colors part. All colors in general. Spectrum is the first one. (laughs) Uh, Not Spectrum. Really? Yeah. This This is probably the hardest one. I probably started out with the hardest one of the game. Uh, so all colors, you might think of hue and then ready, set, go. Uh, this would be Hugo. The best part of this game now is watching Rachel's face. <laughs> hue is a specific color. Hue, you would, all colors. Hugo. Dictionary, right, question, where are you? Maybe a little, uh, that was definitely the hardest one of the round. I would give you that. Uh, question Oh my god, Rachel. <laughs> what do you got? What do you got, Rachel? Hue. What's the definition of hue? Definition. A color or shade. All singular. The of the wind. A singular color. Would you have gotten the there if I said a color of, of the wind? I would have gotten closer, yeah. So I was trying to find like <laughs> spectrum, like synonyms to that. So there. Fair enough. I'm right. You're wrong. You want points? No. No, I just want to be right. (laughs) Question number two. The Dwarven Singing Siren. Rachel? Rachel. Little Mermaid? Yes. Nice job. The Dwarven Singing Siren. uh, Two points to Rachel there. Question number three. Your Highness, the one in charge of all the jewelry. Or maybe I could say, Your Highness, the one in charge of the specific jewelry. Quiet as a mouse. So, Your Highness, uh, kings, sires, lords, the lord of the the rings. rings. Oh, wow. It's got got the jewelry. All right. Question number four. The czar's breaking his recent rut. Rachel. The czar. Rachel. Emperor's new groove. Yes. The czar is breaking his okay. recent rut. This is the emperor's new groove. All right. Two points to Rachel there. Question number five. A Floridian addiction. A Floridian Stew. addiction. Stew. Miami Vice. Yes. Mm. Miami Vice. Finally. (laughs) And with cocaine and bath salts to his possession, he is out of the fort. He's out fast and going. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Two points to stew there. Question number six. The last question of the round. A more swirly, more whirly, more eccentric Elon Musk, if only his goal of Mars was of a different luck. Rachel. Willy Wonka and the chocolate chocolate factory. Yes. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, goal of Mars. Okay. Um, I'm gonna. Now I get it. I'm gonna fully admit something right here. Uh huh. I she didn't did. get it based on the clues. I got it based on your absolute love of 
Willy Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> sure. And it kind of fit. <laughs> I that was that was one of my favorite questions I've written in a long time. If I'm being honest, uh, a more swirly. This one was a little more wordy too. This was probably the one that wasn't a direct uh, synonym, but a more swirly, more whirly, more eccentric Elon Musk. If only his goal of Mars was of a different look. Thought it was kind of clever. So that is the end of the third round. And Stu, one foot out of the fort, uh, out of Florida with two points. <laughs> out of Florida. If you want to be out of anywhere, probably want to be Florida. out of Florida. <laughs> <laughs> round number four, uh, bringing back the old classic. Uh, this is a lightning round. Turn the lights on and off. <laughs> <laughs> Have my little round four right up. There it is. All right. Uh, lightning round is a round where I give a numerical question or a question with a numerical answer that uh, everybody takes a stab at. It's probably a question you could closely reason yourself to if you had some time. I give you a very short amount of time. Everyone gives me their answer. The one who is closest to the correct answer gets two points. Uh, you can be over or under. Whoever's closest gets two points. All right. Question number one. How many people have walked on the moon? Uh, Rachel. Six. Stu. 24. Uh, the correct answer is 12. 12 people have walked on the moon. That I actually two- had that written down and crossed that out. <laughs> uh, so it's a good way. It's got to be higher. Uh, yeah. Two points to Rachel there. I'm going to get you. All right. You. Gonna get you. All right. Question number two. A uh, little bit of a long one. There are seventy interstates across the U.S. Uh, all of these have one or two digits, as in I five, I nine, I ninety five, I thirty five, etc. Ones that are three digits or more are considered ancillary roads, like I three ten or US three ten. Those don't count. All of these will have one or two numbers as digits. Uh, there are seventy interstates across the U.S. If you added up all of the interstate numbers together, what is the total sum? 70 interstates across the U.S. They all have one or two digits. If you add them all up together, the numbers, what is the total sum? Rachel. 1,100. 1,100. Stu. 2,000? Uh, it adds up to 3,978. Wow. numbers. And there are some that there are multiple instances of the same interstate number that are on like other sides of the of the country that don't connect. There are just like oh. two I-88s, I believe, like two I-76s. There's four or five of them that have doubles. It's very strange. That's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. Question number three. In miles, approximately how long is the Earth's equator? Uh, Stu. God, 40,000? I don't know. Rachel. I'm going to cut the middle at 19,250. 19,250. The correct answer is 24,901 miles. So that's going to be two points to Rachel. I wanted to say 20, but then I felt weird. All right. Two points to Rachel there. 24,901 miles. Uh, Question number four. In a standard game of Monopoly, 
How much does it cost for one player to buy every property at their normal face value? So no auctions, none of that business, just the number printed on the board. Yeah. How much does it cost for one player to buy every property available on Monopoly for their normal face value? Rachel, yeah, we're going with the the M currency, not USD, but you know, close enough. Rachel, forty one hundred. Forty one hundred. Okay, uh, Stu. Four thousand four hundred. Ooh. Uh, the correct answer is five thousand one hundred and seventy dollars. Uh, Stu, prices rights ruling out Rachel there a little bit. <laughs> it fair wasn't enough, intentional. Fair enough. It was not intentional. <laughs> no, you did good. Yeah, I went through uh, Park Place and Boardwalk being only two properties is only worth $750 combined, and the green ones are worth $920 combined. Uh, you have two utilities, four, uh, four uh, railroads, some other stuff. $5,170. Uh, two points of stew there. Question number five. In what year was the famous book 1984 released? Rachel. 1952. Okay, Stu. 1954. Well, wouldn't you believe that 1984 was released in 1949? So wow. Rachel gets two points there. Oh, I just really just thought that everyone was just gonna like, and it's gonna be something like 56 or something. Funny enough, actually released in 1984. Who knew? <laughs> no, uh, 1949. Uh, all right. Question number six. Last question of the game. How much was Jimi Hendrix paid for his famous Woodstock gig in 1969? How much was Jimi Hendrix paid? We just brought his name up earlier in the show. How much was Jimi Hendrix paid for his famous Woodstock gig in 1969? Stu. $10,000. Uh, Rachel. $5,000. He was paid... $18,000 Wow. for his gig, which is roughly $125,000 today, but Stu is closest with uh, 10K. So Stu gets two points there. Yeah, yeah. I got Woodstock confused with Live Aid. <laughs> so you the thought number. he took a discount because it was for charity? Yeah. That's okay. Well, I originally was like a thousand, but then I was reconsidered yeah. it. I was also expecting it to be a trick question of a zero. (laughs) I wouldn't do that. I'm not here for riddles. I'm here for trivia. Uh, Yeah, Jimi Hendrix definitely died long before 1985. But uh, that is the end of the game. And each episode, uh, a couple of us give a pick, a movie, game experience, something cool like that. We recommend you check out. And Stu, uh, today you have a pick. I do. Uh, my pick is a game called Nine Parchments. Uh, I believe it's out on Steam, but I know I can guarantee it's out on Switch because that's how I play it. Um, it is a it's a couch co-op um, multiplayer, or it's you know online co-op. I generally well nowadays I'm playing it online because I can't leave my house. Um, but it's it's a really fun game. Uh, it's basically like I guess it's it's kind of like a dungeon crawler. It's Diablo esque. Um, but with a little bit of a twist, uh, you cast different elemental magic depending on your person and the way that you decide to level up during your game. Uh, and you continue like the same 
game. So like when your friends fire up a game, your character stays the way it was after your last match. And so you kind of constantly chip away at it. There's a large character roster, which makes it really nice and fun. Um, But yeah, casting the different elemental magics is a lot of fun and there's friendly fire. And so there's many instances (laughs) that you, you will heal the enemies and you will take down your friends and you will mess up. And it is, it's a blast. Uh, It's, it's challenging enough to be fun, but it's also easy enough to just throw it on and have a good time. This looks cool. Yeah. It's so the, the fighting is real time. Yeah, it's all real time. Okay, so yeah, it is kind of dungeon crawly. I get, I think just because the elemental thing, I get uh, golden sun vibes. A lot. Yeah, it it, it kind of does. Um, uh, this looks cool. It definitely looks like a great co op game. Like definitely built for co op. Oh yeah, I I don't think there's any other way to play it. It's you know it's it's simple enough, but it's fun enough that you know it doesn't it doesn't matter. You're just gonna have a blast every time you play it. Nice. Yeah, this looks awesome. And it, it says it's available for pretty much everything. Uh, Switch, yeah. PS4, Xbox One, Steam, good old games, Humble Bundles. I uh, think it's only 20 bucks or so, and I know I got it on sale on the Switch for like 10 bucks. Nice. So honestly, it's really worth your money. Nice. It looks awesome. It has nine parchments. You can find it pretty much anywhere. Yeah, this looks like an awesome co-op game and really, really pretty. It kind of looks like Bastion, it, it but is. like prettier colors. It is a very pretty game. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, I have a pick. Uh, my pick's kind of not one single pick, but in the wake of uh, all the craziness going on, uh, a lot of musicians and a lot of people are doing really cool things with live streams. Uh, so, and I've uh, been checking out a lot of like the play from home events where you know big kind of big musicians are doing a lot of um, kind of streaming concerts now as a way to uh, kind of give back from fans, raise some awareness for different things and uh, just get a chance to play while uh, everything is crazy. So uh, I know uh, Death Cab for Cuties, a band I really love. Uh, ben Gibbard has been playing like daily shows. He comes on for like an hour, just plays acoustic stuff. Um, I was looking at different ones. Andrew Lloyd Webber has been playing like piano concerts that are just gorgeous. Rachel, you had mentioned uh, a a musician that uh, we like that you're out in Colorado where your parents are, uh, David Starr is kind of a kind of a uh, acoustic Americana kind of person so, who's played. Yeah. So he's huge in the Americana scene. Like he's very close with Hall and Oates, like goes out to Nashville to record every year. So like if you're in the Americana scene, he's a big name there, but he's been doing live streams on like Facebook and so have other others of like not even the big names, the local bands too. Yeah, I think especially the local bands now more than ever are, you know, clearly things like Twitch and other live streaming options are going to become more viable for bands and artists and stuff like that. Um, Yeah, as well as kind of uh, in our trivia space, you know, we're trying to figure out more stuff that we can do. But a lot of other trivia teams and companies and everything are finding ways to to recreate the pub trivia experience uh, now that everything is kind of on lockdown. Uh, so things like, uh, I know, um, uh, geeks who drink are trying to do some live stuff. I know some of the smaller, some of the podcasts that are in the trivia space, like, uh, trivial warfare, triviality, pub trivia experience, all that sort of stuff, uh, are, are doing more live stuff, trying to, uh, I think Sporkle, which is the huge kind of questionnaire quiz 
trivia quiz thing is doing stuff. So there's a ton of stuff. Uh, obviously, anyone who kind of has a creative outlet and is healthy and is in a good place, uh, trying to find more ways to reconnect with fans, you know, it's all going online. So there's a lot of really cool options to stream uh, if you're able to. And, you know, some of them are, you know, trying to uh, talk up different things in the area. Like I had mentioned the Ben Gibbard stuff. Uh, I know he's in the Seattle area who have Seattle and Washington have one of the hugest outbreaks probably the biggest outbreak in certainly the U S and, uh, you know, a lot of even the, um, kind of homeless shelters are sort of overrun at this point and are over capacity. So they're doing things where, uh, parks and like national parks and, uh, different RV park areas and land is being used, uh, and you know, they're stocking up on tents and sleeping bags and stuff like that. So they were making a call out for, uh, you know, not just people who can give money cause money's definitely tight in a tough time, uh, but if they have extra sleeping bags or tents or things like that. So there's a lot of ways, you know, a lot of small ways to help out in your area. And I guarantee anyone's listening uh, there, whatever your area is, the city you're listening to, uh, there are people in need in your area. So keep uh, doing what you can. It's a crazy time. But, you know, just uh, trying to share a little bit of light, a little bit of joy and some of the creative stuff. So definitely find, find an artist you like and, you know, watch some of their stuff, support them if you can, all that stuff. And uh, if you're listening at home, you have something you think uh, we can shout out on the show, definitely email us at thingsaretwrong.com. You can also check out the website, thingsaretwrong.com. Check out all the past episodes, show notes, and everything else. Uh, the next episode will come out at the end of April, and that will be our round robin game where all four of us will be reading questions. So keep an eye out for that. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. And a wonderful game. And uh, until the next time, we'll see you later. Bye, everybody. Bye.